2: Interchangeable White
1: Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today what does it mean to be woke and how can wokeness be performative?
0: So while Annie and I are pretty good at performing wokeness as white ladies, we actually have an expert with us today and that is Amy Young, an actual expert. (laughs) (laughs) An expert in what, you might ask. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's the Associate Professor of Communication and Chair of the Communication and Theater Department at Pacific Lutheran University. That's a
1: good combo, communication and theater.
0: Amy has a PhD in rhetoric from the University of Texas and originally hails from deep in the heart of Washington. (laughs) Uh, Amy is the author of Prophets, Gurus, and Pundits, Rhetorical Rhetorical Styles and Public Engagement, and one of the first guests on Nerd Farmer episode four, actually I think it might be five, um, on ignoring calls for civility and a whole bunch of other really great stuff we'll link to in the in the notes welcome to the show
2: welcome thank you so much for having me yeah of
0: course so um tell us a little about yourself what's your like two minute elevator speech this is amy
2: oh god all right well um my current uh i I teach a lot of stuff in campaigns like communication campaigns Mm. so mostly public relations advertising marketing those kinds of things i also teach our introductory course Um, i write a lot about political rhetoric and um, the way that experts can use that expertise mm-hmm. in sort of broader public spheres rather than just talking to our peers. And otherwise, I like to drink wine. <laughs> and I have two kids and I live in Tacoma. And I ski. I and I used to run, but then I tore my calf because I'm old. <laughs> oh, so man. that's, I don't know, that's about my <laughs> career. How long have you been at PLU? Uh, 11 years. Nice. Which seems a little bit crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. But my my older kid was not even one when I started, and she'll be 12 in October. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, how did you
0: get involved in the field of rhetoric in the first place and decide to write yeah, it and it teach a, about it?
1: Like, I wonder, because I mean, I took rhetoric classes in college, and that was really awesome. But, like,. <laughs> You you were like this is sound
0: really excited. No,
1: like they were they were fun. It was like I took linguistics and like rhetoric in the same quarter, and it was like it was actually really awesome. Um, Mind blowing. It was no, it was totally mind blowing. Like like anyway, so yeah, I'm like curious. Like how did you like attach to that and be like that's my thing? Like what was it about it that drew you to the field?
2: So I have kind of a a teacher story moment hey that's okay mm. i know education based podcast. Okay, podcast so i just want to shout out to teachers Yay. um <laughs> nice summertime oh guys yeah, so. because you're
1: professors. so that's right. we yeah, all have five for teacher. those who, who
2: can't see us um so i i did my undergrad at vanderbilt in nashville and i had uh, vanderbilt's department is really pretty small it's communication department is pretty small And when I was a sophomore in college, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to major in. Mm -hmm. And I started taking uh, communication classes, and I took this rhetoric of pop culture class or something like that. I know. Rhetoric of social movements, rhetoric of pop culture, something along those lines. And I had this uh, professor who's still a friend of mine. His name is John Sloop. Shout out, John Sloop. (laughs) Um, And it was his first semester at Vanderbilt, and it was my first semester in the comm department. And I remember I turned in this paper and he called me. Yeah. Which on the now? Phone? Yeah, now seems like a really creepy thing that we wouldn't <laughs> do to students. But yeah, he called me. Yeah. Uh, and he said I said on the phone because, like, I mean, it's
1: all email too now. I know. It's yeah. also, well, this yeah. is,
2: yeah, I'm old yeah. again. It's okay, so. Okay dating myself i guess we, i mean we old. had email but most people <laughs> just up. couldn't figure out how to use it yeah. so yeah it was all <laughs> dial up um so he called me and he said uh i just want to let you know that i think you have real talent hmm. and i was like what yeah call so from then your professor. right <laughs> so awesome. then i i just sort of stuck around because i felt like um i was always into writing mm-hmm. I was always really into books. I thought I was going to be an English major. My mom mm-hmm. was an English professor. Mm-hmm. Um, every human being in my family, essentially, is an English major. So I English thought that's major? what... Hey. Yeah. English major? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're both English majors. English I thought that's... Say, well, Doug, <laughs> English major? English, English major? major? No. No. Oh. I thought that's what I was going to do. do. Yeah. You want <laughs> yeah. wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't want to buy the cape. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I thought I was going to do that because I just always love to read and to write mm. And then it turns out I also like to speak in front of people. Mm -hmm. I was well-suited for that sort of thing. And then I just like the analysis portion Mm. of rhetoric more. So who benefits from things being said in this way? Why would anyone choose to say something? Like this the critical theory using this of, medium yeah. and in this time and those kinds of things. That's so. neat. For the listeners,
0: I'm typing notes so that I can steal all these ideas from you <laughs> to use in my class for AP Lang, which is basically <laughs> intro to rhetoric.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Also like, set them up. Like, sidebar C-P-U, would love yeah. to guess guest participate Ooh, in your class. Yeah, okay. So, well, let's that make it happen.
0: I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Um I had another question. Go ahead. I I don't
1: remember. Oh, I just, I was going to say something about like critical theory. It was like, that's, Mm -hmm. that was just like the most mind blowing experience of college for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I feel that. Like, it's like, you almost have like this, it's like heart, your heart's work. It's kind of like a, I don't know, you get, I don't know, you feel passion for it. And I, because not everyone has that kind of passion for what they do. No. So, I mean, that's really cool and rare and no, yeah. I got very lucky. Yeah, absolutely. So, since
0: you write a lot, what's the worst thing you've ever written? Like you realize after you read it you're like, "Wow, oh, this is God. trash, but um, I had to turn it in." And maybe somebody submit. didn't
1: even like say give you bad feedback, but you were just like, I you this just, is just like this is like I've hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> or
2: maybe it was a job you had that you had to hit rock bottom by writing something really poor. I th- I think <laughs> you know, I I went back once and this taught me never to read Nearly anything that I write again, <laughs> I, I you this know is, like you're the second person who said that on the podcast. What? Mandy
1: said yeah. the same thing. She's like, I don't reread things that I, I
2: write. I read this interview. I think it was an interview with Johnny Depp once, who said he's never seen any of his own films, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see why you would not write. Yeah. Not yeah. I, this isn't Johnny Depp specific, but going to going yeah. to my own writing and looking back and thinking. What the hell was I doing? Um, So I tried to read my master's thesis once after I wrote it. That was good. I mean, they passed me, y'all. So, like, I guess it was... That's how I felt about my master's thesis, too,
0: actually. (laughs) I'm like, well, these resources are actually not bad in the back. We had this part where it was, like, how-to tips to deal with the concept. What was your master's thesis on?
2: It was actually... um, So this is sort of an odd... An odd thing about my life path after I graduated from undergrad, I started—I was a consultant for IBM um, for four years before I went back to grad school. Um, I needed a break from school. And— and so I, when I started in the program at Texas, because I, I did my master's there too, I thought that I wanted to write about critical organizational theory mm-hmm. sort of work. So how are organizations trying to be more democratic or mm-hmm. how are they trying to engage um, in communication practices that are more inclusive or, you know, those kinds mm-hmm. of things? Um wear pockets of sort of organizational, you know, resistance and and those sorts of things. So I I did. It was something about bridging the academy and organizations.
0: I don't know. It's just the question (laughs) is, was it a long title?
2: Probably, yeah. I'm sure. Is there a colon? Oh, in abs, between there? abs, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a colon. Oh, yeah. Of course, there's always. a colon.
1: <laughs> I mean, how could only... you a master's thesis not have a colon? The title. I think
2: only now are people kind of abandoning the colon. <laughs> yeah.
0: like... That was my favorite thing. We used to go crazy with it in grad school, where we'd like just write like email titles oh, yeah. or stuff with colons, like for no reason. <laughs> well, joke. our national yeah. conference yeah, is
2: always the dumbest there are always these thematically incredibly stupid things like looking ahead reaching back or oh, whatever yeah. and so we would do these <laughs> yeah. we would do fake, like paper titles. We go to also. Yeah, fake paper yeah. titles it was yeah. like fake paper titles and so it was before the colon would be like you know looking back reaching around colon you know the <laughs> rhetoric of or, and it, we would also try to make them as long as humanly possible yeah, with, so that if for instance you won like a top paper award it would never freaking fit on the plaque Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> font would have <laughs> to <laughs> like Eight-point font. Nobody can read this paper. That's awesome. Nobody has any idea what this
1: paper is mean, about. I mean, so <laughs> <That's> good. <hilarious. laughs> so you've been that's doing awesome. this for a really long
0: time. <laughs> what do you think are some trends that you've noticed in like the way that the public engages in rhetoric or communication? Is there anything you've been noticing about that? I know you talked a little bit about that with Nate on his pod.
2: I did. But, um, Anything re- more recent. Well, I think it's interesting because uh, the, the the sort of standard lament of my discipline is that if people want to talk about rhetoric, they don't usually ask rhetoricians to yeah. talk
1: about
0: rhetoric. Thank you for saying that word because I feel like I always stumble on that word. Rhetor- rhetoric. Rhetoricians. rhetoricians. Yes. Yeah.
1: I read it and I was like, oh, Hope, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. always debate
0: on like teaching that word to yeah. kids and I'm just like, just add an I-A-N. Don't Rhetor- worry about saying it out loud. Rhetoricians. Like,
2: <laughs> now I got it. I feel people really confident who, now. Thanks, people Amy. People who study rhetoric. Um. So uh, it's interesting because usually, you know, when they ask about these kinds of things, they ask a political scientist or a historian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or somebody like that. And there's no harm in asking people from other fields about this. But it's uh, for those people who really do study what happens when we use words or media mm-hmm. or – words media and timing and certain mm-hmm. kinds of combinations and with certain sorts of audiences and particularly I mean I I think a lot because I I have a friend who um, had a piece that came out in Time today which is pretty exciting. Oh, cool.
1: Wow. Yeah. And
2: well actually she's quoted in a piece in Time I shouldn't say she is wrote it. Is the
1: Time cover the one I saw this morning <laughs> with Donald Trump on the cover yeah, Welcome to
2: America holy the little
1: sh- Holy shnikes little I girl. was going to yeah, Sobbing. have you seen that cover? Oh, I
0: have not. It sounds awful. Um, it's
1: yeah, it's a thing. I mean, it's really in terms of rhetoric, powerful. I mean, visual yeah. rhetorical. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, it's a. I will. will link to it. We'll put
2: it in the show notes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it'll be the
1: cover page <laughs> of our discussion. It's
2: um, but what you know what she's talking about right is that uh, for instance, that one of her insights is that you know most presidents for you know 240 years of this country spoke. In used um, a lot of the time would use words like democracy or mm-hmm. equality or mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and Trump in two years has said democracy fewer than fifty times right. Oh, that's right crazy. he's said equality fewer than twelve times what I knew it was bad but not that bad. so in two oh years oh man that Times page is very amazing right yeah and so we think about what that might mean and to think about um, the notion that. He's speaking only to his base, Mm -hmm. unlike other presidents who have tried at least to appeal to a broader sense of America-ness, whatever that means, right? And to more broadly cast a net of what – who they're talking to, even if if that person knows Mm -hmm. that those people may not have voted for him in uh, this case, uh, but is trying to sort of reach out to those people – Anyway, I can't think of a president who doesn't who didn't do this until Trump. You know,
1: it's weird because when he was campaigning, he didn't even. You know how usually when people campaign for president, their communication style and the words that they use and the way that they they talk to their audience is. Which is the American people shifts to being more uh, a casting kind of a broad net mm-hmm. as they get closer to the general election, and he right. didn't really do that. Well, no. wasn't
0: that part of the appeal though, right? Like yeah. he's not using the same rhetoric that everybody else is, and he's so fresh yeah. and authentic and whatever. Yeah, he's really fresh sticking is- it to the man. <laughs> yeah, or fresh something. is such a
1: weird word to use. In <laughs> well, wait, I, feel like, I feel like it's I feel like I picture him as like a pic- He's like pickled. Like I yeah. don't think of him as fr- like fresh. Like Or at even all. the thing
0: of like I've heard people say, well, <laughs> we shouldn't. It's a long shelf life. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Cheetos, too. You know? Seriously. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. I hear
0: people say, though, like, we, should, we shouldn't we should mask what we're trying to say, right? Like, people are upset about euphemisms or, like, um, we've talked on the show about, like, conversation and, like, mm. passive-aggressive ways of talking. But also, yeah. like, how do you how do you frame what you're saying in a way that's also, like, marketable and he doesn't right. do all that? No. So, I mean, there's yeah. a bit of authenticity, but I also feel like it's bad for someone in that position. Yeah. It's on,
1: but some things that are authentic are unpalatable. Mm. Like, I mean, raw raw um what's that fruit from that's like really nasty smelling
2: durian durian, durian are... yeah
1: like raw durian yeah it's yeah. Fr- it's authentic it's it's 100,000% dul- durian yeah. it smells like gas yeah
2: <laughs> well and i truth hashtag facts um <laughs> but I, you know i was i i think also you know we're in an era in which things like political correctness right. is given this really bad rap Mm -hmm. and I think all political correctness means is that you're trying to think about other people before you speak. It's like empathy. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I think that's what it demonstrates is a sense of empathy, if not only Mm -hmm. strategically to connect with an audience, if for no other reason. You can still be an utter jackass, but you can demonstrate (laughs) some kind of political correctness by calling people what they'd like to be called or addressing issues in humane terms or whatever. And yet, somehow, that's now denigrated as yeah. weak and sad yeah. and...
0: well it's weird too because I feel like in the late 90s and early 2000s like that was like when that term I don't know that's when it mm-hmm. came onto like my attention I don't know if that's when it really came alive but it was all, always said like from conservatives and a lot of my family is conservative um, in kind of this negative way right a political correctness yeah, yeah. Right. and so it was like you know a, a quote unquote bad thing but it feels like it's even swung further now like you're saying yeah. and it's now that we actually understand what it means in terms of empathy and, and sure. not being an asshole <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a second. That's actually right. not. We kind of need
2: some of that. well, sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. sometimes <laughs> policing yourself yeah. and mm-hmm. others is is kind of ok. Mm. Sometimes it is. yeah, uh, you know, I'm not right. you know and I'm like, not a fan of
1: disingenuous kind of communication. no, and I'm but, not a fan yeah. of
2: of, um, you know, uh, civility as kind of a policing discourse. but I'm, I am a fan of just thinking about, I don't know, th- maybe this makes me just a sad sack, but thinking about other people seems yeah. like a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes That's, I like to say obvious things. That sounds good to me. This is why I'm invited to do these there was podcasts. A great, there was a great tweet
1: the other day that I retweeted was a... Um, Something about oh IHOP is changing its name to IHOB. Have you heard about this? No. Uh, they, are interha- they are formerly the International House of Pancakes, yeah. now the International House of Burgers. And is someone, this real? Yeah, oh, yeah. And someone tweeted what? and they said if you can if you can call Ihop, Ihop. You can call transgender people by their preferred pronouns, oh! and it was like the best thing ever. And I was thinking about that, Where's but in terms of like head? this kind of like larger context of political correctness, right. yeah. like because people like that kind of pronouns kind of get put in that political yeah. correctness yeah. box, but mm-hmm. it's really just like treat people as they would like to be treated yeah. and don't be it's an true. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> try not so to. here's another I question try, for try you. Really
0: hard. <laughs> do you like Stephen Miller or do you love Stephen Miller? <laughs> And how do you feel about his speech writing
2: capabilities and his I, I really, senior advisory work? I really <laughs> try not to hate people, and I try not to wish it's really hard ill on people, but the, my, my sense Stephen of Miller obligation human to be kind to Stephen Miller is is pretty limited. Is he good at his
0: job, though? This is the question here.
2: Um, I think in the short term he is good at his job. Mm. I think in the long term he is really, really not. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there I- there is no other administration I can imagine uh, hiring him. So yeah. when you think about um, partisan political yeah. operatives, many times they move from administration mm. to administration, right, campaign to campaign to campaign. He's, I really, He's not exchangeable. <laughs> quite honestly, can you think of anyone from this administration <laughs> no. or this campaign who anyone else would think, you know what – Top, shelf. Top, Top shelf. shelf. Top shelf. <laughs> Top shelf. Arbour <Arborized> has <laughs> a real Stephen, way with words. You know,
1: Stephen Miller's weird because he, <laughs> like, apart from the fact that he's, like...
0: <sighs> By the way, there's a lot of Stephen Millers out there in the world. I, yeah, one day sorry, I was Googling and I found, like, like, so many. It's all
1: the nice Stephen Millers yeah, in the like world. Yeah, like the um, WEA one that's running yeah, for president for right, Washington
0: Education Association. Right. <laughs> um, but
1: Stephen Miller working for Donald Trump is 32 years old. Yeah, he's super young. But he looks like he sold he he broke up his soul in like horcruxes and like because he's so For sure he looks he like more than seven he has the life sucked out of him like he yeah. is my age and i'm just like dude
2: like your yeah. career is the darkness in his eyes uh-huh. is palpable <laughs> he has like shark shark eyes yeah, yeah. so last like... year i was
0: talking to my students about how like presidents have speech writers and they're like you know first they they had a hard time like figuring out why like they didn't think that was very authentic yeah. i'm like no like their professional right like that's what they're supposed to do that's yeah. their job you know so you're kind of unpacking that it's hard to but, write good speeches right and right. but mm-hmm. then we yeah. started to look at the well, ones it's hard that, to
1: be president and also write good speeches right. like I you're mean, busy you got a busy life is, is absolutely insane right.
0: yeah but then like the nature of speech writing for the president and how you have to like match up with their style i mean there's all these like elements of the writing and, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting because right? some
1: presidents have like i yeah. mean like multiple speechwriters over the term of their presidency and like how do you have consistency right. between But the people, thing that's crazy right? about Stephen
0: Miller, what, one of the things I, had re- I read was that the fact that he really did speak and write so much in the same way that Trump did, that it was like such a perfect match. And so we were looking at some of the speeches that he'd written and kids were like, but this just sounds, just this is him writing yeah. it yeah. or speaking. And I'm like, no, notice that the grammar is actually a little better than when he's like off the cuff or right. like when you look at his transcripts. Oh, Trump is and one so of his
1: horcruxes. It totally makes
2: sense now. I think it's, I think it's in his uh, hair. I is it? The hair is the horcrux.
1: Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's very. <laughs> it hides all his secrets.
0: So we actually came, <laughs> invited you on the show for uh, this conversation, but also this idea of like performing. And so, I mean, that's tied obviously to rhetoric, but performing wokeness specifically. Yeah. So mm. uh, we had a really fun bar conversation about this, which is <laughs> I was like, wait, you should come on the pod. So can you define for us, what do you think? being woke means or is and then what's the phrase Perform, performing also wokeness.
1: how is being woke different from being awake mm. we'll get to all those wow
0: <clears throat> okay, so uh, a lot. So and we, there's a shame bell here, by the way. So, if you ever feel like you need to just shame something, shameful, you just, yeah, you just ring it,
2: shame bell. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: So, but if you're like, if this is terrible, myself? yeah, yeah, okay. that's fine. You can and do sometimes that. We other people. Do, sometimes we just yell shame bell and just ring it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever you need I'm, to do.
2: I appreciate that you've let me know this before yeah. it gets wrong, <laughs> so that I'm, yeah. I'm not startle you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty loud. <laughs>
2: Well, I have to say that I did attend one of the, uh, you know, reading groups at Lincoln High yeah. nice. uh, for Between the World and Me. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of ethos is if people like what you say, they snap. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm now addicted to snapping.
0: <laughs> like, now all I want to do
2: <laughs> is have people snap for me. That's like, like the that, poetry, like... Yeah.
0: Nice. Dad, can we add that? Because I feel like my snaps are not that loud into the mic. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, I, I can boost the snaps. Okay. Great. Thank <laughs> nice. you. Thank sure. you. <laughs> um,
2: so the bar conversation that we ended up having is actually about um, a person that I, <laughs> that I know um, who is uh, my age, so early to mid-40s, um, who uh, <laughs> is a white woman. Uh, and is as interchangeable as any of the rest of us there's a shout out to your uh show <laughs> and uh is a fan of late eighties early nineties era hip hop okay, which is fine, so am I sure, yeah, uh, and who isn't really? I mean <laughs> if you're not, I just we can have a sidebar conversation later uh but she she wears. All kinds of t-shirts mm-hmm. and sneakers, <laughs> and, and he's groaning with realization. All of I can she picture has like it an now. entire wardrobe of like t-shirts that say like Hollis Queens on them, <laughs> or that are. Um, uh, you know, fuck the police or fight the power or you know whatever and I you know fine like I'm down with all of your sentiments. I too like N.W.A. and Public Enemy and all of these other hashtag F.T.P. You know right Run D.M.C. Any of these yeah. people like we can all we can all agree that that this is good. This is good art. However, uh. She sent me a Facebook message when she was packing for this oh, it's conference. A whole other level when you send it in a Facebook message, right? <laughs> and it was, I think I sent it to. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. I All think I sent and... it to uh, to Hope, and it was a. It's a picture of a series of T-shirts and like sneakers that she's going to pack for this conference, and I'm like. You're a white woman in her forties attending a professional meeting in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> in like seventeen Public Enemy shirts. And I had two reactions. One I think she once, had a blazer though, too, right? She had a blazer. Yeah. She was gonna put, so a, blazer put a blazer on a blazer over. Oh, wow, that makes put it a blazer on it. <laughs> That's professional, it like a yeah. bird. <laughs> <laughs> put a bird on it. I mean, I say that as I'm sitting here in a Maxine Waters T-shirt that I do I know, put a blazer on <laughs> over, and I do teach in, but Although, somehow it's I like
1: different. It's different.
2: Yeah. It's well, different. let's dig into why it's different after you. Keep going, okay, keep going yeah. with this later. We'd like so, to talk
1: about how it's different. I had a couple Pet-a-boy of reactions.
2: Yeah. The first was that I was, like, drawing an analogy to Best in Show, where that couple, <laughs> oh, yeah. where he's like, how many dress kimonos do you need for two <laughs> days and this thing? Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess I'll pack seven or whatever. I mean, that <laughs> is, like, the first thing that I thought. And then the second thing that I thought is, okay, this has crossed a line somehow. Yeah. So this question about woke Mm -hmm. Right. I think also, I think it probably involves a number of things, but appropriation Mm -hmm. seems like one of the key centering terms Mm -hmm. around which you might think about what does it mean to be woke. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think who gets to lay claim to stuff in particular ways and sort of perform publicly Their laying of claim to something is, is for me, what troubled me about Mm -hmm. this. Well, there were a number of things. Anyway, (laughs) we we can go after this is over um, since, you know, no one needs this space. We're going to order Uber Eats and, like, ten bottles of wine sit here and talk about this. Yeah, because Doug doesn't, like, live here or anything. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Interesting. But I do think... um, I do think that it had crossed for for me, and this is for me, but I do <laughs> I think I'm on to something yeah. here. I want you to write a really good, like, think piece about it or whatever. Um, it really felt like there was this, this line being crossed between being mm. a fan of something yeah. that is culturally outside of your experience mm. and appreciating the artistry of that thing, yeah. which I think is being woke. Yeah. To performing a kind of wokeness mm, yeah. that feels disingenuous yeah. and problematic to yeah. me. It's because, like wearing
1: a woke costume.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah. wearing a T-shirt that literally says "Stay woke" or something. Yeah. I mean it.
1: Or woke AF. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like yeah.
1: We were, actually Hope and I had a separate bar conversation where I said if you are claiming to be woke you need to do some like soul searching because the people who claim to be woke are usually the ones who you want to, it's like red flags like, it's like the disclaimer yeah. like
2: some of my best friends are gay or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I have this yeah. whole thing rant with students I know a black person <laughs> where I'm like with students I'm like <laughs> okay. when people walk around they're like when kids walk around they're
0: like I'm hard right or like thug life and you're like I'm a thug or whatever like if you have to wear a shirt and you have to like get a tattoo then you're really not that thuggish like should should just know yeah. that you're right. whoop your ass and like, you're tough, yeah, by your life and like what you say, and not because like you have your, like these yeah. tattoos right. and these things. Right. And Chuck so that's D kinda... does
2: not need a t shirt that says <laughs> right. Thug Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, although so he, he may have one, but I bet yeah. he wears it ironically.
0: <laughs> so, keep going with this train of thought. So, um, other things that like kind of came out as you were thinking about this lady, yeah. okay?
2: So, this is um. I, you know, I don't mean to pick on this person, but I'm kind of picking on this person. So, uh, you can throw in other examples if you, yeah, as you think about it. Yeah. Um, but, I, th- you know, I'm, I'm thinking about other kinds of, um, you know, for instance, um, people who get tattoos that are – Aesthetically associated mm. with, with mm. Um, another culture that are...
1: Like a, like a dream catcher...
2: Yeah, tra- Tat- tribal tattoo, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some kind of tribal tattoo, a yeah. Maori tattoo, uh, yeah. uh, you know, um, Aboriginal-inspired, you know, based on yeah. art. Um, Chinese characters that just Chinese say, like, ca- hamburger. Well, and then I never... I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is the whole thing. Like, the, China- please don't get stuff in a language you don't... Double happiness. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. It's so alarming. <laughs> um... Well, and the hard part is like you don't
0: I, – I, I feel like you can kind of tell when you look at somebody or when you like talk with somebody. Um, but you're right. It, sometimes it's more about that like what's the feeling that's coming through with it mm-hmm. versus like the actual authentic like did you live there for 15 years of your life right. or right. you have like this is an ode to your grandma or whatever, right?
2: Like some connection. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, do, are you um, – are you – part of this group even yeah. if we wouldn't necessarily know that just by yeah. looking at you yeah. that's fine okay I mean yeah. then that you know that's that's sort of a different situation to me Yeah, um, but I do think so appropriation is one of those things and then I think that there is there are certain spheres where um, it seems like people have this odd need to be very public about their affiliation in this Mm. way yeah and academic conferences are one of those Mm -hmm. spaces I think in the same sort of way as like I think about I was in grad school and I had my first child and I remember people were like you should not there's you should never have an epidural you should never you should you know everyone needs a midwife and whatever and (laughs) I'm like dude shoot me in the back as fast as you possibly can with the largest needle that you possibly can snaps yeah, because there's there. a human being that is emerging from my body, yeah. yeah. it's really not comfortable, like BT dubs. Yeah. So medical, <laughs> medical technology makes it possible for me to, Alien. to yeah. be yes
1: somewhat comfortable in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Medical
2: <laughs> advances. Thanks, have black out for a few minutes. Yeah. science. Yeah. Science. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. that sort of performativity of yeah. like yeah. um Earth Mama yeah. thing. I mean, that's you know, whole that, thing. Yeah. That is itself. A weird trope mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of a particular class of women. But I also like think this purity. is a particular class yeah. of women. I also think this yeah. is – and middle to upper middle class mm-hmm. or upper class women mm-hmm. do this, this kind of appropriating and this kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Yeah. <laughs> You know, as soon as I said that, then I knew you were gonna ask me why I had.
1: <laughs> Hope's really good with the follow-up question. I know, so. She is. Yeah. She is. I just it's say
2: why. Yeah. yeah, why, why. why <laughs> Tell me that. why. Yeah. Um I I think that there is so I teach um, I teach pop language when I mm. teach advertising. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we um, can look at when we look at pop language is tracing through vernacular kinds mm. of rhetorics right mm. and one of the biggest influences on pop language is black vernacular rhetorics yeah um from and i think about that when i think about like um um Childish Gambino's newest mm-hmm. uh, This Is America, right? I mean, the mm-hmm. sort of vernacular dances and mm-hmm. um, occurrences that are happening throughout that video and throughout that song, right? Uh, we can trace a lot of our use of language through appropriation yeah. of marginalized mm-hmm. people's vernaculars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a moment, there's a real hot moment in which that is marketable, saleable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense to put some money into it, right? But the word will be over nearly as soon as mainstream white America adopts it right Mm -hmm. because then it's no longer Mm -hmm. cool because everybody else is saying it so Mm -hmm. like I always show Mm -hmm. my students this video of Mitt Romney with this group of African American students in Florida when he was running for president and he um, (laughs) he's standing in this line with them taking a picture and he yells Mm -hmm. who let the dogs out no wait (laughs) shame Mitt
0: shame.
2: Mm. Amy's <laughs> face is so great right now. her painful. eyes are closed and she's like
0: Ouch. leaning back
2: in her chair. Right. Oh. But it's it's sort that's of like bad. Can you clock the moment in which that <laughs> phrase yeah. was no longer in it's use? A, that's yeah. like the Mitt Romney. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <like> this- Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How do Nail your students respond? <laughs> <laughs> are they, do they groan? Oh yeah. yeah. They're like what the hell are you serious? What are you like, literally are doing uh-huh? with your yeah. life right now? Is this is so painful. Yeah. That's so bad. It's like a Portlandia skit. Seriously. That's so bad. so People, oh, <laughs> like, walk around in circles.
0: Well, I'm so I'm glad you brought up, like, the oh. vernacular, like, looking back at, like, historically about the vernacular and specifically, like, referencing to African-American mm-hmm. like, language. Because according to Wikipedia, <laughs> the word woke
2: oh, is it's a political Wikipedia. term
0: of African-American origin that re- refers to a perceived awareness of issues concerning social justice and racial justice mm-hmm. and became widespread in 2014 with Black Lives Matter movement, for those who didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. But then it's 2018 now. And now we've got all these T-shirts that say woke AF. I mean, are we even past using this term?
2: Yeah.
0: Or now we've modified it to say performative.
2: Well, now now it's now it's being appropriated and performed in these other circles that have traditionally. Right. And I think like white feminism is Mm. notorious for having excluded um, other voices and uh, not being inclusive Mm. of marginalized identities. Right. I mean, TERFs. Turfs. Yeah. So I I think um, it's interesting because you have there's a there's an enormous amount of cachet, mm. a sort of um, mm. counterintuitively, there's an enormous amount of cachet in being connected with wokeness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And performing, I think this is why um, I think that people who are whose life experience has been at least to some degree by their socioeconomic status, less complicated than other Mm, people's life. I think there is I'm not sure that it's really I don't know that people are like poorly motivated or that they have nasty Mm. motivations about this. Right. You know, I think that they're trying to show some kind of solidarity Mm -hmm. To a degree. But I also think that they're trying, on the other hand, to construct a public identity of themselves as connected to more marginalized or oppressed communities. Mm -hmm. And practices, vernaculars, Mm -hmm. art from, et cetera, those communities, is part of what makes you identifiably. Woke. So like my dad used to tell me when I used to drive a Prius, he was like, nobody drives a Prius (laughs) because they love driving a Prius. Right. right? People drive a Prius. And I was like, that's pretty much true. People drive a Prius because Mm. in part, we want other people to look at us and think that person is concerned Mm -hmm. about the environment Mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. So there's my like, you know. Performing environmentalism. performing environmentalism, <laughs> new word, right? New yeah. phrase. Um, my woke environmentalism, but I, but I, I do think there is something. Um, I think people get. I think people are afforded um, certain kinds of social yeah. capital mm-hmm. for being woke in this way that the people whose vernaculars they're using are not afforded mm-hmm. in any
1: the social way. The social capital aspect of it's really interesting and that kind of brings me back around to your example of your this your acquaintance who sent you the pictures of what she was packing and how that's like there's a there's a showing aspect mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. um it's almost it reminds it's almost childlike in a way like look what I look what I did. Yeah. Right. Mommy um, look at me. Yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um I'm being woke. I mean woke, look how woke I am. <laughs> Mommy, look how woke I am. Um, but like it's um it's almost like that that um the actual the actual seeking approval is part of it too. Like
2: um oh, I think so.
1: It's not just like yeah, so interesting like, but I think it yeah. makes
2: I think it makes I mean this is and this is a, a, you know sadly indicts a lot of the folks that I attend conferences with but I think it makes that person seem relatively edgy yeah. right yeah. because in comparison frankly and you're talking about academics and frankly academic fashion is an entirely academics. next
1: yeah <laughs> that's our next that's segment a, that's a
2: whole nother podcast episode <laughs> fashion and air, air yeah, quotes at conferences
1: <laughs> how people dress up for conferences oh my put a blazer on it yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
0: over it. Um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back Perfect. and keep you on with us. Let's see who our sponsor is today. It's Channel
1: 253. That's odd. aren't we part of channel 253 we're advertising on our own network yes annie we are like nerd farmer move to tacoma citizen
0: tacoma and all the other shows i mean the reason we're taking a moment of your time is to tell you that channel 253 has started a membership program
1: so listeners can be card carrying members of channel 253 i don't know what card carrying i mean that's doing the most but they can join (laughs) and
0: support this podcast and all of our other shows
1: Why are we asking people to join? I thought we were all rolling around in that sweet, sweet podcast advertising money. Well, that sweet, sweet
0: podcast advertising revenue doesn't pay all of our bills. And for some of what we do, you know, like the free adult civics happy hour events, it doesn't cover any of it. So by asking our community to support through membership, we can cover more costs.
1: Do members get anything for joining? Because I feel like maybe like a discount would be sweet. Like, is there... Let's heck yeah heck yeah there's okay, a definitely okay. discount in the channel
0: 253 online store oh, and cool. i don't know about you but i absolutely love my iwl mug um
1: yes it's fantastic it is fantastic it's an oversized mug too like it's you could, giant you can eat soup out of it i fit mm-hmm. like definitely a couple of oh cake yeah. k pods and we talked oh, about yeah. k pods before yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so anyway members will get that discount and they'll also get a regular ish email from our other podcasts about our events and other interesting things going on plus Of course, most importantly, intrinsic motivation, the satisfaction of knowing that you are helping our network. That's super cool. I love it. So where can we sign up? Channel 253.com slash membership. You can sign up to support what we're doing at Channel 253 and, well, I'm just kidding. There's no more and. Joking aside, it means a lot for all of us if you sponsor and join us as a member, and we really appreciate your support. Next time, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye. And we're back.
1: So back. (laughs) We're so back.
0: So thinking about this, I mean, is there anything else you kind of extrapolated from this lady? Or can you think of other good slash bad examples of performing wokeness in our daily
2: lives? Mm. Well, I was trying to think of, you know, I I was trying to think of examples before I came. And I I was thinking back even to my high school days. And I'm from an affluent suburb of Seattle um, and my high school was actually about 40% non-white but nearly all of those people were still upper income mm-hmm. um, uh, Asian families mostly uh, Japanese Chinese and uh, Korean mostly um, And it, there was you know there were a couple of white dudes at my school who grew dreads <laughs> I see. Queds? I don't even know what to call
0: them. White dreads, I just feel like, are so terrible. And I think I've seen one in all the millions
1: Yeah. That were, no, you can okay. ring the shame yeah. bell.
2: Okay, get it, get it, Amy. Uh, I
1: had to, sorry.
2: Yeah, and I just remember one of these guys was on the Bellevue High School tennis team. Oh. And let me just tell you about the juxta- the juxtaposition only, about being... That would, that would
1: only be weirder if it was, like, lacrosse. I think he also
2: played lacrosse. <laughs> Good. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, white shorts, tennis, yeah. and then... Oh, yeah. Because yeah. this was yeah, this lying. was the like, late 80s, early 90s. Dirty white dreads. Thus, yeah. you
2: still had to wear all white when you played yeah. tennis. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're talking, like, Bellevue High School tennis Yeah, dreads. Ugh. Wow. Right, that is um, another level, yeah, 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 but again, I think this you know that that sort of just well, I and I also think, okay, so now that I'm thinking about this, the other thing that I'm thinking about is this sort of um tension between being clued in and clueless, <laughs> because I think to some degree again. This this person is not so out of the loop that he would not have known yeah. mm-hmm. what the aesthetic of dreads means or is attached to yeah. in mm-hmm. like political or religious or social or economic terms. Mm-hmm. Geographic terms, yeah. racial terms, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. He's not an idiot. <laughs> um but I, you know, I think, uh, I think one of, maybe one of the other reasons that this tends to be more of a, a, you know, upper income and white kind of thing is just the privilege to not have to be, legitimately, connected to any of these right. things, mm-hmm. right? So you get to have a veneer of yes. cool and authenticity mm-hmm. that other white people in your category will likely read as, oh, isn't that so great that, Mm -hmm. you know... Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. this dude was, you know, then aligned with the politics of yeah. Rastafarianism or yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, right.
0: I... Well, back uh, to your point
2: about, like... I mean, how... maybe he was. <laughs> yeah,
0: <just laughs> maybe totally you didn't know him. Throwing this guy yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You don't know my life. You don't know me.
0: <laughs> well, it just reminds me, like you said, about um, people who benefit from it, right? In a right. way that the people who actually right. created or as part of, like, their culture originally right. never will or never could benefit never from Never will. Right. And I think that's, like, the we've had on here about Rachel Dolezal, right, in her performing. Oh, my God. You know she has a calendar.
1: (laughs) Really? I'm intrigued. I don't don't want to give her any of my money, but I'm interested. Well, she also has a shop,
0: apparently, where she does hair in Spokane, and, like, a lot of people say that she does a good job with, like, braids and
2: yeah. She just got busted for welfare fraud. Oh! Oh, Yesterday. Hey! (laughs) Yeah, so no. She has a timely. she has a calendar. It's twelve months of pictures of her. Gross. Just pictures of her. Yep.
1: That's odd. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, well, so is she's it
2: <laughs> using it to
1: her
0: benefit <laughs> in a way that people, other people who are actually black or identify like that, actually are? Um, right. That can or won't, or our society is put in such a way, put parameters or gatekeepers in such a way that they'll never be able to access.
2: Absolutely. And you think about the access to that kind of appropriation. And yeah. I was listening to. Um, Tupac's changes came on in the car. That's very welcome, you. That's good job. So woke. right, yep. <laughs> well, I listen to a, I listened to a lot of uh, Sir Mix a lot in the morning on 103.7 <laughs> because I'm so woke. <laughs> Oh, actually no, because we're all just the same era. Yeah, because like all the tr- the stations are owned by this the same people. This
1: calendar
2: just is trash. <laughs> just at the Sorry, I wasn't thing. even
1: listening because I was looking at pictures of Rachel Dolezal's trash calendar. <laughs> she's in an evening gown on a tree. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. That's the
1: thing that she's find your doing. birthday month. <laughs>
2: Shame. Good. Shame. Shame. Oh, Lord. Um, but I was, you know. I- he samples Bruce Hornsby and the Ranges um, the way it is. God, these calendar pictures are terrible. Oh my God, we'll yeah, how terrible they are. And her, her hair. don't spend any money so her on her hair. Her hair is like, is like six
1: feet long. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's sort of Rapunzel-y. It is. She's in a tree. In a Rapunzel-y,
1: Rapunzel-y is at the same root as repugnant. <laughs> yes. Same Latin root, I think. Root study. Yeah, I don't know I can, English majors. Keep going. root <laughs> hair. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. I see what you did. Oh, no, this is out of <laughs>
2: control. Yeah, By the much. way, Urban
0: Dictionary um, diff- has a definition for fake woke. Oh, right? good. Yeah. Good. Good. yeah. yeah. Tell when us you about try it. to position yourself as woke to impress the people around you or when you actively go against facts and science to push your bullshit ideology, <laughs> end quote.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. And actually, I think that's a really good. good way of thinking about what you're talking about. And almost like we always talk here like, well, what do we do about? Like, what do we do about these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think... As, like, self reflective people, we have to go. Are we just perpetuating something? Mm-hmm. Do we actually believe in the ideology of the shirt that we're wearing? Mm-hmm. Do we actually do something besides wear that shirt? Right. <laughs> right. right. I, I think about that because, like, I have several pairs of Black Lives Matter earrings and um, I love earrings. So I'm obsessed with them. But I, I always think about that when I put them on, I'm like, I don't want to just seem like a person who's performing right. this thing. Right. And I'm always like super self conscious about it. But then I'm like, no, I need to, I want to make sure I like take a stand and live authentically about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because they're but also so that others can identify you as, yes. right? Yeah, but like in an actual real way, right? Real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of, I don't know, the safety pin. I remember them, the safety pin thing were like mm-hmm. super popular. But yeah. I was also, I don't know, I just had like mixed feelings about the, the safety I pin. I never pins. wore the
1: safety pin because um, as soon as people started wearing them, it was, I think it was, um, I don't know who wrote this article, but it had a big impact on me. It was just about like um, if you wear the safety pin and then you don't do shit. then Mm -hmm. then it means nothing yeah it's meaningless and so i was like "Uh uh-huh yep correct and so then i never wore it because i was like i i don't want to i don't want to um i want to show that i am doing living the life that is helping and doing things that are actually meaningful yeah and not just pay lip service to it and Mm -hmm. then have people be like see it and think oh she's cool like it was not. yeah yeah. and so i and but i never thought about it that way until someone pointed it out to me i was like "Uh uh-huh Yep. Makes sense. I shouldn't just wear it just to wear it. Yeah. So that people can see it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A friend of mine posted on Facebook um, (laughs) recently. It said, woke posting ain't going to get this done. And I'm like, yes. Woke posting. Woke posting. So what do you all think about this idea of woke posting?
1: Woke posting makes me think of also (laughs) woke-splaining. (laughs) Woke-splaining. I feel like that's like in the same like. like Unpack that. Unpack that. Yeah. Well, okay. So like woke posting is like. You post about something on the internet, and then you don't <laughs> do anything in real life. Mm. And it's kind of like, like, woke explaining to me would be, like, all white men on Twitter. <laughs> which is, like, um, I just commented on a, there was a post that um, Megan Rapinoe, who's plays for the um, Seattle Reign uh, FC soccer team, and she posted something about her out- outrage about yeah. what's going on mm-hmm. with everything. Cause she's vocal, and, you know, she's one of, I think she was the first... Um, the first white female athlete to take a knee after she was, yeah, yeah. Yep. and so she's just like, she's she's amazing, um, and and not in a like, I don't know,
2: actually woke. She's actually yeah, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so she's it's like, actually amazing. She wanted this like rant on Twitter not, about about not all this
1: like crap that's happening lately, and she, someone commented and said something like, "Calm down," first of all. He said, "Calm down," and I was like, "Oh no!" That's like the thing I that put, gets me the I, most I, every I time read, in the I history. I calm down, and I put the gloves on, and I was like, "No, no, you no! Know, calm down! Don't you tell her to calm down!" And so then I went on like, "You don't get it." To, who thinks that ever works? By the way, it doesn't work. Like, and so I basically like, who are you to police our outrage? Like, Brah, and I just like lost it. Good for you. because he calm was down, trying Annie. to like right <laughs> no i don't want to calm down
0: calm down just calm down i don't know if you've seen that skit by um no. oh there's a skit about uh, gosh they're called like white nerds something Now I'm going to make a mistake, but there's basically a a sketch comedy bit where they're like Abraham Lincoln (laughs) is like in the theater and he's being like taunted by, is it Booth who killed him? right? He's being taunted by him and then he starts shouting and basically like making fun of how Abe actually got shot. And so um, Abe's wife, Mary Todd, is like you know, just let's let's keep watching the play. Yeah. And the booth's like, calm down, just calm down and like starts. Talking what? Like, no, you've never seen this? No. Okay, I'm gonna link to this. Okay, I should send this to you personally as well. Yeah. It's really funny.
1: <laughs> so I feel like that's that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> um related. Um but woke. I feel like woke explaining is kind of like tone policing is part of woke explaining. Mm-hmm. It's like here's how you should experience your like like here's how you should experience politics or here's how you should experience your own experience and it's just kind of it's all part of that same like um mansplaining like i don't know if you were really white explaining if you were really woke if you if you did it this way you'd be right but you're not doing it this way so you're wrong and it was just like yeah "Mm -hmm." i think the
2: political left is kind of bad about that sort of Mm -hmm. thing in general though yeah like you're just not doing whatever it is that i think you should be doing right. yeah <laughs> enough enough yeah. yeah
1: it's like it's like purity police for like like really but like for wokeness. but for wokeness like yeah. like it's like the purity police for the um for pregnancy it's like you you, you if you're not pure you're not a good mom if you're not, if you're not having a midwife eating. and like breastfeeding and you have a natural birth, we're like, you're not, we're, like, patchouli. I
2: really, you guys, I don't even, don't even like patchouli. Actually, I mean, no. The whole thing is just right? Like. Yeah. I'm a terrible <laughs> academic. I hate yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I love drugs. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> tea, do you like tea? No. See? hate tea. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I hate It like, just makes me feel yeah, sad. You don't feel... <laughs> You just
1: don't, yeah. <laughs> so, what you advice? You didn't check any of the academic boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need any sweater vests? Oh, uh, no. I like don't, oh no! No. Yeah. So, what advice would you give um, <laughs> us,
0: people, listeners, about like how do we prevent our own fake wokeness? Yeah. Slash,
2: Folkeness. not be
0: folkness. Slash, not be woke explainers.
2: I think, you know, I think the stuff that we've that's been part of this, like more recent part of this conversation about being connected in more meaningful ways Mm -hmm. to actual organizing Mm -hmm. or actual Mm -hmm. political movements that aren't things that you just sort of yell about on Facebook or Twitter or, um, you know, I have a friend who, who writes a lot about this and she's actually a faculty member at the university of Arkansas. Um, and she has been asked by the Democratic Party of Arkansas to run against Tom Cotton, um, Ooh, ah. because yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I I do think she would be an amazing counterpoint uh, because she also yeah. she's not particularly subject to shame. Yeah, and I think that's you really think that's need good, that, yeah. especially yeah. That's for for women really candidates, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think like
1: I just like feel like running against Tom Cotton would be like. Would be brutal, just because of like yeah. the party support that it would be just just the vitriol. I can't even imagine what.
2: Oh, there would be a ton of vitriol. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's not worth doing,
1: but like, oh, right. you just said Tom Cotton. This his name just made me kind of like. Oh no! Made me kind of bristle. It's my eye say. starts to like yeah. twitch. And,
2: yeah, <laughs> the vein pops out of your forehead. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I do think she's she's really, she's not like anti-March. I would say, but she's she's also kind of that because yeah. she's. She, in her opinion, at least in contemporary political organizing, a march is like... So there's a, um, a book that a, a member of the faculty at the University of Texas wrote um, about 10 years ago that talks about how people would do things like, in his estimation, um, he comes down really hard on television and other kinds of media, and I, I think he's wrong about that. But one of the things that he talks about... That I, I think is a worthy point to consider is just the idea that um that we would do things like watch, well, then Jon Stewart, yeah. now John Oliver mm-hmm. or Trevor Noah yeah. or somebody, and say, see, I did politics. Huh. Mm-hmm. I watched this program, right? And and her estimation is that now marching, hmm. because of the sort of yeah. visual Rhetorical nature of social media, especially that the sort of circulation of images of people at yeah. marches is starting to kind of stand in for. I watched. It's not enough to say I watched the Daily Show. Now, mm-hmm. now you have to attend the march. But here's the picture of like, mm-hmm. and I know I'm guilty of this too. Yeah, I mean, at I, the march, yeah, yeah, like I took my kids to the uh, march against gun violence, yeah, mm-hmm. um, in Tacoma, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and we were there for the entire, you know, all the speeches and everything that's that kicked it off. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I did take a picture of us there and a picture mm-hmm. of other people who were there. And um, mainly because I wanted to show that people were showing up, yeah. that mm-hmm. members yep. of this community yeah. were showing up and they were showing up in pretty staggering numbers for mm-hmm. a thing that we have sort of long been sad about. But people mm-hmm. haven't really you know, had as much movement on it as we possibly could. And I do think there's a place for that kind of march mm-hmm. um, and for the circulation of those images, because I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. It shows it shows mm-hmm. that you're in community with other people. that You're not alone. Right. Mm-hmm. And in your sort of um, thinking that maybe we should stop shooting children in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But. Uh, But then, if you stop there, I think her concern that she keeps articulating, right, is that then you're not doing any of the hard organizing Mm -hmm. that is the prolonged, not one and done. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I showed up for the march. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Look how woke I am. Right. Yeah. Um, You're not organizing against gun violence. You're not, let's just take this for example, because I did attend that march. You're not. You're not um, organizing for candidates who are running against those positions. You're not running for office on that platform, right? And those are the hard things. Those are the Mm -hmm. things that people with actual privilege to wear public enemy T-shirts and perform Mm -hmm. public wokeness could use to our advantage. And I'm going to put myself in that group because that Mm -hmm. absolutely is true. And if you're not, I think— connected up to and using your privilege in ways recognizing that you have that Mm -hmm. privilege and also that that privilege affords you the opportunity to kind of Mm -hmm. do these other kinds of things that are hard and I get Mm -hmm. why people don't want to do them it's Mm -hmm. hard Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard yeah
0: I was so we're going to release these uh, the shows in like different order this summer. This is one of our summer shows. Um, But that you've been involved in some of the like anti-Nazi organizing in yeah, Tacoma. And yeah. I immediately think about that because some of the push and concern around that um, is this idea of like, OK, if you're going to show up and protest a business, then you need to show up in more often than that. Right. And so there's mm-hmm. been a lot of concern about like, don't just show up at a demonstration. Yeah. And I hope by the time this is released, we actually like see either this business is gone yeah. um, or that we're seeing ongoing and I keep saying to people if you if you show up at that march and you're out there with your sign about like don't buy Nazi tattoos or like we don't want Nazis in Tacoma yeah. then I will freaking knock down like I will pound your door I will call yeah. you up and harass you on Facebook yeah. if you don't show up at ongoing things that are related to that especially right. if any of it is negative like yeah. if there's any like break-ins right. whatever like we don't know how people are going to respond or what's going to happen right but
2: like, it's also, you better be there because and like, it do is, the hard work it is on those it is on the, those of us who can do this yeah. to take the blowback for yes. it, yeah, because yeah. other people have been constantly yeah. taking yes. the blowback yes. for yes. it. Yeah, and well, it's presumably. almost
1: like it's almost like um, like your friend. It's um, I, I what I hear you saying. Hear you saying also is that it's almost a critique of consumerism. Also, mm-hmm. like oh, for sure, that this idea of like, are you being are you literally literally being a productive member of society, pr- producing. Something that is yeah. of value to help other people who have less privilege than you do, or mm-hmm. are you consuming w- Like, are you consuming protest? Are you consuming wokeness? Are you presu- yeah. consuming all these Consume things? Consuming wokeness. I like all are the versions like, of this. Right. Word like, are you right? consuming like, yeah. it as like a, a coffee purchaser, as a, as a buyer, and not yeah. as a? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
2: like a whole other level of
1: like, I don't know. It's interesting.
2: Well, it reminds me of the response to. 9-11, where yeah. the entire thing was mm-hmm. buy hats, buy shirts, go travel <laughs> in New York, right? right. Not organize right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. on what yeah. might have been... Or,
1: like, learn the difference between Muslims and Sikhs, or, like, because there was this
2: whole... Remember, like, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing about, yeah. like, people being like, mean, attacked for wearing turbans, you know, and it's yeah. just, like...
1: But it's, like, you, like, educate yourself and, like, learn yeah. information, right? Like, don't just... I don't know. Don't just be a... Yeah. Don't treat this as an opportunity to go shopping. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we are almost out of time, but I want to I know this is like an amazing, a good conversation. Um do you want to talk a little bit about your upcoming piece of writing that's coming out and like promote that at all or yeah, well, what you're working or on. like how do people get a hold of you? You can kind of do
2: yourself a little <laughs> shout out here. So, my most recent work um is well, I sort of it's sort of connected to this stuff, but it's um I'm looking at conservative Um, rhetorical style across different kinds of media spaces and so it requires me to do a lot of reading and listening that makes me genuinely sad Um, but I'm trying to trace the sorts of um, themes that I hear so my sample chapter that I'm sending to the press is on victimhood Mm. Mm -hmm. so perceived victimhood and this is sort of an ironic trope i think in Mm. conservative rhetoric but it's one where it's never okay to be a victim unless the perpetrator is the liberal elite Mm -hmm. of some kind so universities or scientists Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the mainstream press or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. then being perceived as being victimized by those people mm. is in fact encouraged mm. and sort of your you know get in card mm. Um, mm. with other people because yeah. now oh these people have tried to take you down and now see you're with us now see what happens when these scary scary liberals mm. come after you and and this kind of thing right and of course what it does is is provides, um, it, well, it it, it it creates an erasure of actual mm-hmm. victimhood, mm-hmm. right, in favor of this sort of perceived mm-hmm. aggrievement, but it also creates this sort of weird bunker mentality where it's like, see, now we're in this, we're in, this, we're under siege, mm-hmm. right? And so the more yeah. you can create this sense of victimhood more, among your listeners cr- and your viewers, corn you can hoard in your basement, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talk really about sort of this. consumption yeah. of you know these yeah. kinds of things. I mean, think about. Yeah. Most of Glenn Beck's career yeah, has right. been <laughs> just scaring the Jesus. the out.
1: apocalypse. <laughs> the Don't liberal get me started apocalypse. On Alex Jones. Thank you yeah. very much. I think I said apocalypse, which is kind of like. <laughs> it's, it's also, online is like internet yeah. Yeah. also okay. true yeah. yeah the apocalypse <laughs> how do people
2: happening? um find you if they want to follow up with you yeah or where are questions? you on uh, the so i am a very active participant on the book of face uh, you, you can find me as amy young which is there's probably a million of us but i'm the one in tacoma <laughs> um and uh i'm on twitter as amy underscore prof that's my handle that's nice and I on... snagged
1: that one before some other Amy Prof got it. I know, right? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Thank <sighs> Ooh, Close <laughs> one. I'm also the worst person on Twitter. I just retweet other people. I'm like zero content creation. I'm also <laughs> I'm also
1: pretty
0: unproductive on Twitter. So, real fast, we can do our quick guilty favesy segment. Oh,
1: perfect. Guilty Favesies. Interchangeable White right, ladies. So in this segment, you say something that
0: you feel a little bit guilty about, but you also like absolutely really love enjoy. and yeah. it's like one of your favorite things. So mine is mangoes. I love all kinds of mangoes, and I don't really feel guilty except Except that, like, in the United States, you really can't get mangoes, um, like, authentically here. Like, so I grew in the Philippines. We ate them all the time. It was like, yeah. it's like apples there whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, so the so, carbon footprint
1: of your mangoes, you feel guilty yes, about. Yes, I feel guilty
0: about yeah. that part of it. But also, like, they're, they're so good. Delicious. And I'll eat, like, all the dried ones. Nature's and all the, candy. Yeah,
1: and even <laughs> even the
0: ones that taste like candy that are filled with sugar. Yeah, I, perfect. Coated even like, like, t- better. I'm like these are better. Coated in powdered sugar. Give me the whole <laughs> bag.
2: They have a lot of vitamin C. <laughs> That's what I told myself. They're my fruit. <laughs> That's how I eat them. They have fiber.
0: That's my guilty favesies for today. Nice. Okay. My
1: my guilty favesie is cheap makeup. Um, <laughs> Which is like, oh, I love cheap makeup uh-huh. or' just yeah. like just like crap for your skin and probably also like terrible for the environment because like the plastic and like the just they're made of garbage. Um, but I literally I literally garbage <laughs> um, I but I really want two dollar eyeliner pencil, and I will not back down. So good. take a stand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, you got to pick a hill to die on. Um, <laughs> $2 a lighter. Yeah. Um, I love Mr. Mr. And I'm mm. not ashamed to admit it. Okay. Carrier, I will completely jam out to that to the point that people are hugely embarrassed. Ducks cringing in the back. <laughs> I, love it. I so know. But I mean, like, come on. That's, it's an excellent jam. That's fantastic. Nice. Um, last segment, do your fudging homework.
1: Interchangeable. White ladies.
0: All right. So I think my homework is simply just building off of what Amy was saying about, um, performing wokeness and just this idea that we need to be reflective of what we're doing. And are we authentically tied to the things that we're saying that we are? And like, mm-hmm. how do we challenge ourselves to become that way? So go through your closet, look at your, you know, woke t-shirts and your earrings and all <laughs> that stuff, and then have a like self-reflective conversation of mm-hmm. what are you doing to actually, um, make change in the world and not be status quo and not just perform it. And so maybe that means you've got to get, you know, get rid of some of those shirts. Maybe that means you need to, like, start getting involved and not just woke post things. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's lots of community organizations that are doing really powerful work now and we need it more than ever. So, yeah,
1: Um, my homework is to go check out. I found this. I don't know how I found this. It was really fortuitous. Um, There's a Goodreads list called Popular Stay Woke Books, Hmm. which um, at first I was a little suspicious. I was like, hmm. I wonder who made this. Um, but there are some really good somebody titles on there. Somebody somebody very woke woke AF um, made this list. <laughs> Rachel um, Dolezal. Yeah, oh! right. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you can also buy her calendar. Um, <laughs> no, that's not the homework. <laughs> that's not the homework. <laughs> no, homework. That's not my homework. That was a joke. Please don't do that. Don't give her any money. Um, so <laughs> there are some good titles on the list, like The New Jim Crow and Islamophobia and The Politics of Empire. Very good book. Um, so we I should get paid recommend. for how much that we promote The New Other Jim Crow books? and the Channel 253 Network. Like, yeah, we're we're like, all obsessed with that. Yeah, no, that is an incredible book. Uh, it's a really second. good book. Um, I feel like we should maybe, yeah, we should definitely get some kind of like sponsorship like money <laughs> for like promoting books all the time, especially the new Jim Crow. Um, but I have a link for that in the show notes.
2: Okay. So if you want to go check it out, it's available. Um, I think as I'm thinking about this, my homework is uh, in thinking about the way, for instance, that I teach the introductory class in communication in the mm-hmm. fall. Um, and the kinds of um, content that I mm-hmm. am intending to include this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I reorganize the class every year, and I think every time I reorganize it, I make more and more and more room mm-hmm. for other kinds of politics, mm-hmm. and at least asking students to sort of grapple with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as it's tied to communication. Mm-hmm. Which most things are, so yeah, yeah, awesome. makes it easy. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We thank really you appreciate so it. much. Thank you for having me. This is very fun. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel Two Five Three Network. Listen to our other podcasts like Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and Flounder's B Team. Yo, pour some stevia some. <laughs> in
1: yeah. the name of like, yeah. Doesn't quite have the, <laughs> the same name of Like <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly buy Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on AlaskaAir.com. This is channel two five three.